0: find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us what would you like the power to do mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices message and data rates may apply bank of america and a member fdse hi i'm bex and i'm laura
1: and we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage stillbirth and all pregnancy
0: loss we aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects and rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the Worst Girl Gang Ever. Hello and welcome to this special episode of the Worst Girl Gang Ever. It's just us today, Bex and I. Hello Bex, say hello. It's
1: just us. Only you. Care. just the two of us <laughs> just that would be better two that was better it's
0: us we haven't done any this have we oh the mother's day one we did just the two we of us did the mother's day one mm. yeah 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 well we're back guess who's back 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 again shady's back is it shady well, no my name's laura
1: not shady.
0: You
1: are shady. Uh, Very shady. What are you doing now? I can see that you're not concentrating.
0: Oh no. What is it? I just had a message to say, I had you down for an appointment today? Oh gosh. Gosh, what? I didn't. Who is that from? One of my foot clients. Oh dear. Yeah. Hang on. Oh shit. okay where do we get to well I don't think we
1: even really started did we
0: no we singing yeah okay you're gonna
1: put lift music in there Probably. <laughs> can I just reiterate that that lift music wasn't something one of my one of my cock-ups for
0: one <laughs> well we could have styled it out but you went what are you doing now I can see you're doing something
1: That's because the number of times I've just been trying to have a serious conversation with you and I can see that your eyes and every now and then you just go, oh, mm, mm." but actually I can hear you putting things into Dropbox. (laughs) I can see your eyes completely not looking at me. Yeah,
0: soz, soz, soz. I'm back. Um, We thought that we would do this podcast episode about missed miscarriages, didn't we?
1: We did, yeah, because it miss 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 oh is that right am I saying the right thing miss miscarriages yeah cause, sorry it sounds <laughs> wrong um miss miscarriages one of those things that before I had one it was like those kind of urban tales that like those nightmares that you hear about like oh, did you hear about so-and-so sisters wife brothers cousins dog walkers friends wife that went to the scan and found out there was no heartbeat
0: mm. and you're like oh my god
1: can you imagine can I, oh my goodness that must have been and then
0: it happened but you also when you hear about these people you think how did they not know they must have known yeah how did, how did they realize and
1: then when it happens to you you find out that actually it's it happens a lot mm. it's one in 30
0: yeah and you don't know and you don't realize you don't and I know and you don't realise. feel like a fool.
1: Yeah. And then all the kind of, all the emotions and the the feelings that that, that evokes. Mm. It's just horrendous. It's such, I found it such a head fuck. Yeah. And I have nothing to compare it to in terms of, I didn't have a straight, I'd never had a straightforward miscarriage where I started bleeding and had pain but I don't think they're that. called
0: straightforward ones I think they're called spontaneous
1: no, no no I know yeah I know but you know I mean like that's before I knew anything about it if someone said to me what's a miscarriage yeah. I'd be like, oh yeah you get loads of pain and then you bleed and that's what yeah. I thought
0: it was yeah
1: I had no idea that this was even a thing a silent miscarriage
0: like it's yeah. men that's the other word for it isn't it yeah silent or missed
1: and i think those words when you go into that room and it's all so dark and you're waiting you're i think the the thing is when you go when you have a mis- miscarriage you go in there waiting to feel the biggest joy of your mm. life you go in yeah. there waiting for absolute euphoria right yeah and you get the exact opposite of that it's such a head
0: fuck yeah and like, then it couldn't be further from from what you were hoping for yeah
1: and that's really difficult to get your mind around. And they're not and when they say, you know, for for me, they said, Have you had any pain or bleeding? That was the first question. And I thought, oh gosh, this is yeah. And then and then they said that that I'm so sorry your baby's your baby doesn't have a heartbeat. And it's just the most painfully kind of shocking thing, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is.
1: And the aftermath is so huge. Even just the the point of going from being so desperate to see a positive pregnancy test to then hoping to see a negative pregnancy test because it means that it's over or it's you can start to process and 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 start again or, or or whatever you decide to do. You know, you can start that the the physical the physical stuff has subsided when you get that negative pregnancy test after however many weeks. And I remember that was a head fuck as well, because I didn't have, it wasn't that simple for me. Mm. And I remember after three weeks doing, having another positive pregnancy test and just most of me just going, Oh, Oh, like dread and horror. And then part of me going, maybe this is a new pregnancy. Maybe, mm. maybe they were wrong, maybe. And then going back for more tests and, and sort of having this crazy hope. That my baby was gonna be there and it was all some sort of terrible mistake, or it was twins and one of them would still be, you know, all this kind of stuff that goes on in your head before you can even stop yourself from thinking it.
0: Yeah. And then there's the added element where you're told that there's no heartbeat, and then you have to make a decision about what you do about it
1: while you're trying
0: to deal with all of that grief and disappointment and shock. And then you have to you have to make a decision. Like, you, you don't even know what you want for dinner, and now they're asking you to to decide what they want you to do with this baby that is no longer growing. Like, that's mental. Yeah,
1: it's and and you feel like, what if there's a mis- been a mistake?
0: Mm
1: -hmm. because I wanted and I know lots of and this is so individual to everyone but I as soon as I found out I just wanted it over I just wanted to and at my was during COVID as well so it was Rob wasn't with me and and I was in the hospital and they basically said look you can either have take the tablets now um, and stay in stay here in the hospital or we're not doing any kind of it wasn't an emergency procedure but we're not doing any emergency procedures at this hospital because of COVID so if you want a surgical procedure you've got to go home then you've got to come back to a different hospital have a covid test then you've got to go home again you know 24 hours before you come, blah, 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 all this stuff isolate blah 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 and i was like i just just give me the give me the pills give me the pills i just mm-hmm. want this all done but then i spoke to rob and he wasn't allowed in and he was like but what if they what if they've got it wrong and then you take these pills and that's that's it and they've they've they made the wrong call and this, you know, the sonographers made the wrong call because he wasn't there as well. He, I saw it. I knew, Mm. but because he wasn't there, it was just a really, a really awful thing to have to try and explain to him that it definitely wasn't okay. And then find my way as well by myself. And I didn't have anything with me. It was like, it was, it was actually this month, two years ago, this month. And, it was really hot, and I literally just had the clothes I was standing in and a, and a phone with, like, 10% of battery. battery. Mm. That's just, unlike you. I know. <laughs> I've changed, though, haven't I? <laughs> I just, I felt so vulnerable, I suppose. So vulnerable. And I had, I remember clutching my little notes to my chest and just not knowing what to do with them and just feeling mm. like such a
0: fucking idiot yeah. yeah yeah that's for me that was the biggest the biggest feeling that I had was feeling like a fool feeling like an idiot embarrassed ashamed um I'd been prancing around as if I was going to be having a baby <laughs> and mm. for three weeks there'd been nothing going on in there yeah mm. I was telling more and more people getting bigger and uh, yeah just felt like a dickhead really so embarrassed so embarrassed to tell people it was
1: I remember I remember the night before going for my scan and telling Rob one of Rob's family members who was in Canada who I didn't know I've never met before but we sort of Rob and I were due to be getting married a couple of months later, and I sort of said, "Oh, um, there's actually going to be some news tomorrow, so keep your keep your eye out on Facebook." Mm. And I don't know why that one sticks in my mind so much, but I just, oh,
0: just felt like such a twat. I like, know, like really cocky. Yeah. I, for me, it was that was the first mis- miscarriage I had was my my third miscarriage, so like. I don't know why I was so cocky I think I was just had it in my head oh third time lucky and the first two had been spontaneous so I knew they'd happened um you know there was pain there was bleeding this time I'd seen a heartbeat twice already so I was like hey hey, home and dry yeah of course but like why wouldn't you think
1: that because you you probably thought you know I've had my fucking
0: share of shit
1: mm. and there's been no pain or bleeding and I've seen a heartbeat
0: that's, yeah. that's it like why I was would so it cocky there? that my uh, about a week before scoop and I had been out shopping and we even started looking at prams and then we had this scan and the scoop said to me oh I've already seen the baby a few times take your mum she's so excited uh, So I took uh, my mum and yeah we were so excited. And I was, because it was a molar pregnancy as well, which we didn't realise at the time. I was growing. Like this placenta was like multiplying and, you know, I had a pregnant belly. Mm. Like how did it. your
1: mum react when you were,
0: like, how did your mum? Um, Like howling. Was she? Wailing. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And I remember being like mum calm down it's embarrassing (laughs) such a loss. I don't know know why I don't know I think it was just like survival like coping yeah it's just like a focus let's let's focus on her grief then I don't have to actually process it myself um yeah yeah I probably wasn't the kindest I could have been in that in that situation
1: um, I think you're all right, mate. I
0: don't think you need to <laughs> too much about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's she's traumatized by everything that that we've been through. Like, she yeah. hasn't read my book. so Have I mentioned that I wrote a book?
1: uh no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you take this opportunity?
0: Yeah. She still hasn't read it. She's she's not going to read it. She can't. But yeah, she's still even now like she's affected. it and I think that that specific experience in that scan room was um was the worst because I was behind the curtain and they said they said oh let's just get the picture up and then we'll call your mum in she was just the other side of the curtain and um and they said oh you need to go and empty your bladder um and I knew then we went to the toilet and I was like holy shit but I put on like this game face as i walked out past my mum to the toilet i was like oh it's fine this happens all the time i came back and the nurse put her hand on my arm and she said laura you do know that we've asked you to empty your bladder because we're not seeing what we want to be seeing and i said yeah i know and then with that my mum started crying and um yeah i was just i was the other side of the curtain and obviously legs akimbo lightsaber up foof and I could hear my mum crying and I was like, just laying there, obviously couldn't do anything. And I think she was like, oh, I just want to hug you. But, you know, had been told to wait outside the curtain and stuff. So it was just a bit. That's
1: so awful. I'm crying yeah. now. I yeah. wish I could go back in time and hug
0: you. Yeah. It's so. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I had someone with me, unlike you, but I still, there wasn't that comfort because they're because of that fucking curtain and because I was a dick and was like calm down mum so embarrassing <laughs> like Kevin and Perry <laughs>
1: it's just so uh it's just so brutal isn't it it's so fucking brutal yeah
0: it's yeah.
1: That, and I, yeah. I remember one thing that I found so bizarre is that after a while you know she the woman was there and then she had to call someone else and someone else came in and they you know, and then I was and then they both left and I was lying there and I was just like got to a point where I was you know, I, I remember staring at the ceiling, I remember crying, and I remember thinking, I can't believe this has happened, I can't believe this this has happened, and I'm like I got I have to do stuff now. And mm-hmm. I can remember just getting up and wiping the jelly off my tummy and doing my shorts up and then just being like to going through all the motions because you have to continue, you, you have to go on your body you have to get out of that room and you have to go somewhere else and you have to listen to what needs to happen next like you have to it doesn't you can't just stop and I found that real deep like sort of grief of just but and almost observing myself continuing from like another point of view do you know what I mean it was just not an out-of-body experience but just I remember just thinking this is weird because I'm, my body is doing things that my mind is telling it to, but I don't really feel like I want to do anything.
0: Yeah. Oh, And yeah. then, so, I mean, people always message us, asking us what, or not always, but we get, we get lots of messages asking, you know, what should I do? I, my, I've been told at my scan today that my, that there's no heartbeat, or they're not seeing what they what they they think they should be seeing. Um, have I ovulated late, and they've got to come back and wait wait for two weeks to yeah. get checked again, um, and then the decision of whether to have medical management or or surgical management. It's um, it's really hard making that decision because unless you have any experience of it, and even if you do, every experience is different. But um, the the health professionals don't really guide you. They they don't help you make that decision because it has to be all yours. So, I mean, I don't know about you, Bex. Personally, I've only ever had, I've had two missed miscarriages and had surgical management both times. The first one I had to because they suspected the molar. And then the second one, I opted for it because that was like the fifth, miscarriage and I wanted it sent off for testing Mm. um but I mean surgery is scary and I don't know I don't know did you have any choice when you you didn't you you were just told it was medical management
1: no no no, I had the choice but my choice because my choice was so complicated due to COVID it was like go and come back and go and do a test and I just wanted the quickest ironically I wanted the what I thought was going to be the quickest option but my body didn't respond at all to the to the to the um what's it called that you take met my
0: my a, my, a, my prostol or something yeah something uh, like that yeah
1: my body didn't respond at all and you had to wait 6 hours between between doses and I had it uh, three times so i was there for like two well three days and then um and that still nothing happened so they sent me home they sent me home and said that we'll have to do the surgery and then i came home and um like maybe 24 48 hours i started bleeding really heavily at home and i had to go back in and then i had uh, an emergency because they said, if you start bleeding at home, you need to come back in because mm. the number of weeks I was and I started bleeding at home and then went back in. And um, and then I would uh, and then I, it all just went horribly, horrible. And then I had to have an emergency
0: surgical procedure. Were you relieved when they said we're just going to do the surgery? Yeah,
1: I was relieved, but again, because of COVID, they there was it was early, early stages of the first COVID, so no one knew their asses from their elbows, especially mm. in that sort of in, in that in that place. So they couldn't decide whether they're going to put me under or not. And at that point, it had been about it had been about a week since mm. I found out, and I knew that the baby was still there, but I was also bleeding. I you know I bled out in the car park, and they still wouldn't let Robin with me. Mm. And as I said, like it was ugh. It was really early COVID, so it was really hard, but I just remember I just it was so undignified, like losing my baby physically in the fucking foyer of a hospital while my husband had to watch from outside mm. glass doors because they wouldn't let him in. It was just so inhumane. I found yeah. the whole experience so traumatic and inhumane. And then um yeah, it was just, it It just sort of, oh, it really, you know, and and the worst thing about it is that I really wanted to complain, put in a complaint, but I didn't because I more wanted just to get away from it and just mm-hmm. move on from it. But basically when it came to the emergency procedure, they couldn't decide whether they're going to put me under anesthetist, anesthetist told me that that they were going to put me under and then someone else came back and said no you had to be awake because of covid and it's going to be a local and by that time I was so tired and exhausted and sad that I just wanted to go to sleep wake up and it would all be over Mm. and then I was all day all day I believed that, that that it was going to be just a local and I'd be awake and then um and then I called my bereavement midwife Ruth Paul Mm-hmm. no do you remember we talked about her yeah and she came up and I think she just walked in and she could see how what a mess I was in and I told her that I just wanted to go sleep I just wanted to be put under and she went away and she came back and she's like I don't know why anyone has told you that you won't be under general anesthetic it's definitely going to be a general anesthetic and then I kind of just mm. let go a bit mm. but it was just so much like so much different stuff that you get told and and all that horrible that we talk about so much, you know, that horrible terminology, like they had to remove the, the doctor basically removed the baby from me when they were just checking what was going on down there. Mm. And that held up a little sort of, you know, pot and said, Oh, this is your this is the product products. This is the products of conception. And I was just like, what is that? Do you mean my baby? and they were like and they didn't even say it then they just said oh products of conception mm. it's just like so shit you know it's so fucking shit and then and even then and even after that was I had to you know that was done and I had to fight to be we wanted to take the baby home with us and I had to fight for that and I had to find the right they had to find the right forms and they just made such a big issue out of everything of like oh I can't oh I don't know and, you know and so were lovely and some were really dismissive like why do you want to take your baby home type thing and yeah. it was
0: just fucking awful it was when awful. you told me about that I was like what you got to take your baby home that's it had never ever been mentioned to me before ever that's mad isn't it like why yeah. I don't know I don't know did not even know that that was a thing didn't even know that that was an option and I wonder if I would be <laughs> <laughs> Less hardened to it all. If um I'd been able to do that. But yeah. N- just I was like, what really?
1: Well, do you yeah. know what I think I think we chanced and had a really, really lovely, I still remember her name, her name's Polly, and she was lovely midwife when we first came in and we were choosing the and she said you need to have a think as well. And Rob was with me still at this time because they let me. in, you know, the first time I went in before. Just straight after I found out, mm. and they, she said, um you need to have a think about whether or not you want to take the baby home with you. And we were like, we didn't know that was an option and stuff. But I think it was because after that, when because after that we went home again and then started bleeding and then came back in again, she wasn't there anymore. Mm. And that's when we had to fight for it because everyone else was a bit like, "What you want? Yeah, <laughs> yeah." So. But I'm so happy. Good old Polly. Did Yeah, exactly. Good old Polly. And in fact, when I went back, because after three weeks, I still had a positive pregnancy test. And mm. then I had to have another scan. And she was there then. And we'd started this by then. We'd started the worst girl gang ever by then. And she had heard of us. And I was like, yeah, we're going to change the
0: world. It's <laughs> amazing. Although you say that, we, we we found earlier a list of the top thirty baby loss podcasts, and we're not on it. Oh,
1: I yeah. <laughs> Never mind.
0: Never mind. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's an emotional one, isn't it? It is. For me, because I mean, I'm emotional about everything. The other aspect is the uh, like the losing faith in your body, right? Yeah. So feeling like your body has failed you by not by tricking you really that's how you feel don't you feel like fooled by by your body um i remember that i just like you so desperately wanted it over and done with when i came round from the anesthetic other than feeling a little bit sore and drowsy within a, a few hours my boobs weren't hurting anymore i didn't have any like indigestion all of those symptoms that I'd had had gone and I felt gutted really that they'd gone. I wanted to feel pregnant for a little bit longer, but um, yeah. Yeah. I felt like I just wanted it over and done with so quickly. I hadn't even considered what it would be like to just be this person that wasn't pregnant, didn't feel pregnant. Yeah. It's all completely It's funny, isn't it?
1: Because we, we talk to people who feel sort of the opposite to that and they feel like they, they've lost their baby and yet they their boobs are still hurting and they're still having pregnancy symptoms and they really struggle with that because yeah. it's a reminder.
0: I think the difference is, well, I think with mine, with the both surgical managements, they both went really well and didn't have any retained products. So it was literally like pregnant, not pregnant. Um yeah. I think if you have the the medical management things can be a bit slower, can't they? Mm. But yeah, I mean I guess <laughs> we always want what we can't have. If I'd have if I'd have had these these lingering symptoms for weeks, I would have got the hump and moaned about that as well. I just like to complain. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but your mum said something lovely to you, didn't she? Two more tears, by the way. I,
1: yeah, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over crying with this. But see, I didn't have, I didn't have the feeling. I felt stupid because I had been acting like a pregnant person, and then I realised that there was no sense in me doing that. If you see what I mean, but I didn't have the whole. I feel like my body's let me down because of my mum, because of what she said, and basically, I was on like you know day three of being in hospital being awake all night I didn't let myself go to sleep because because this is so weird looking back on it but I was terrified of waking up and and forgetting what had happened Mm -hmm. so I didn't let myself go to sleep (laughs) so I was it was so like it must have been about three or four in the morning and my mum was texting me and she just said um (sighs) She just said, "Tell your beautiful, brave body it's okay to let go now." And it just like it turned, it made me turn a corner because I just was able to accept the fact that my body hadn't let me down. It was just so fucking desperate to be a mum to that little baby that you know refused to believe that it was over and it it wasn't there anymore. It it had died
0: it is a lovely a lovely lovely way to look at it a lovely way to reframe those feelings and it's your mum that that's what she said has just provided comfort to so many people every time we post about it every time you mention it people write to us don't they and just say how how lovely it is because i think as women we do we're not very kind to ourselves or our bodies and i think yeah we 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 should be we should be a little bit a little bit kinder a little bit more more sensitive um towards our own bodies and others but um yeah your mum they are wise wise words yeah we covered <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs>
1: oh yeah they are they are wise words and it is helpful but it's not it's not as easy It's not easy for everyone to sort of reframe it, is it? Especially if it, I imagine if it's happening at a time time and again, like it it did for you, like, how can you help but, how can you help but turn in and look at yourself and stuff? Like, how did you get, how did you come to terms with that? How did you stop falling out with your body? Or like, or did you? No. No. So you still, you still feel like it's your body's fault you're angry are you angry with your body
0: yeah oh my god totally When you be yeah like literally are. the diagnosis that i have is that my body rejects the baby it's like it actually couldn't be more my body's fault
1: so how do you deal with that how do you manage that take
0: drug not drug <laughs> not like drugs drugs medication but like mentally i i, I don't i'm I'm thankful that my body gave me, you know, didn't attack the baby once.
1: Yeah. I'm thankful
0: for that and and the more that's gone on since we had him, I realized that uh, I don't even know if it was the medicine that made made him cling on, but um yeah. I'm just thankful for the things that it does do, but what it doesn't do is have babies very easily. <laughs> so I don't don't really like it for that reason
1: and what would you say to to someone else who's listening who's feeling the same like how how could you offer your advice what advice would you give
0: oh do you know i i don't know i used to think that the only the only way i would ever become friends again with myself with my body would be to for it to have a successful pregnancy um which it did and for a short amount of time I was at peace with it and then it's just started fucking me over again so I don't know and I hate to be that person who says that I would only ever feel better about the situation if I had a baby because I know that lots of people go on to not having a baby and after we spoke to Katie, Katie Seppi the other day who's childless not by choice I mean I'd one hundred percent admire her, and I know that there is there is there's a place for people who don't have children. Like that's it's not that it shouldn't be a your womanhood shouldn't be dependent on whether you have children or not, right? Yeah. But uh, when you're in that desperate state, you sort of that that feels like your only option. But yeah, I don't I don't know the, the answer. I guess there are loads of people out there that can help support you to not hate your body. But, um, yeah, I'm not really a a good example for that.
1: Oh, mate. Have you found it? (laughs) Do you find it easier? Like you're so to the outside eye, you look like you're managing it really well.
0: I think I am.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't feel as desolate as you you do. Does this help doing the worst girl
0: gang? I think so. I think I think it must do. Um, but like when when things changed for me before before I had Bertie, things started changing when I started writing. Um, yeah. And so I guess yeah, writing, talking—it's all—it's all kind of therapy, isn't it? it? Does get a bit much at times. But I'm quite good at, like, distancing myself and doing what I need to do. But, yeah, I'm fine, honest. Okay. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I don't like my body and I hate the situation we're in, but I'm quite good at accepting that it's a shit situation and a shit body. (laughs) So it doesn't, like, eat me up inside like it used to. Well, that's good. Mm. Mm. Wow, <laughs> I feel a bit drained. Drained, yeah. There have been lots of tears, mostly. Oh, actually, not not mostly. All, oh, all oh, from you. Yeah. yeah.
1: How often? How often do you cry? Do you know <laughs> yeah, sometimes. You cry. I feel like you cry when everything like it like over when everything gets completely too much and then it and then one thing happens like you know when you crashed your car on the way in the car in the yeah in the car park. I could see when you arrived at work that you were getting quite close to tears and I, I didn't crash
0: like, my car oh I didn't crash it new?
1: this is new I don't know what to do
0: <laughs> the um the multi story car park jumped out and whacked the side of my car.
1: Oh, yeah. And then you did the same on the way home. Do you remember?
0: Yeah, I remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's the only time. Or maybe you and I, I don't know. Not often, though. Not often I see you. Emerged. There have
0: been a few podcasts that have brought me to tears. But instead of, of what you do is you talk through your tears, I just sort of like cry and don't talk so no one knows i'm crying and then i'll be like
1: i talk through anything mate
0: yeah (laughs) yeah you do Mm -hmm. yeah you you talk to me when you're eating rice cakes you send me voice notes when you're eating rice cakes all (laughs) the time
1: (laughs) i've left you voice notes while i'm peeing
0: as well (laughs) yes yeah
1: because that is like that's that sort of time is when my brain goes into full function when I have to be somewhere doing still when I have to be somewhere doing something like weeing
0: or driving yeah mine's when I'm driving oh yeah you're lucky
1: I haven't got a waterproof phone or you'd be with me in the shower
0: (laughs) oh well I think we've rambled quite a lot I'm not sure (laughs) well I hope
1: this is if you're if you're now if you are now currently listening and you're experiencing something some some of the things that we've talked about like just know that we we're here for you we know how dark it is and um where you are now and I I promise you it does if your situation is similar to mine I promise you it does get lighter
0: yeah and you do you've just got to reach out and talk I think agreed there are loads of places to find support. If you're not not already on our Facebook support groups, you should go and give those a whirl.
1: There's also 30 really good podcasts that you can listen to. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> there are. I don't want to start you up again, mate. It didn't really bother me. It doesn't matter. Okay.
0: It's Feedspot. They, oh. Feedspot have said they're the 30 best pregnancy loss podcasts are we a number 1 no are we anywhere on that fucking list of 30 best baby loss podcasts no okay well never mind never mind because never mind
1: we whoever's listening to this is listening and that's yeah. the important
0: thing and if they've not enjoyed it there are like you say there are 30 other ones <laughs> that they could give a while
1: yeah let us know how they are mm. <laughs> all right mate well on that note let's go
0: yeah all right cheerio all
1: right cheerio speak to you soon thanks for bye bye thank you so much everyone for tuning in and please please when you have a second rate us review us and share us and let's get this taboo smashed see you next week